Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks. Welcome back to uh, the latest Mount Westwire basketball podcast. Yeah, it's a... Sunday, you better be listening to this Sunday, right, Andy? It's Selection Sunday, the uh, one of the most exciting days of the year. And obviously, we didn't have one last year, so that's uh, we made it. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I know. It, this is awesome. Uh, it's it it's great. This is like this is better than my birthday. This is you know, and honestly, today in some ways is even better than some days in the tournament. Maybe not the first day of the first round, right? But. Um, Man, Selection Sunday is so much fun, and it's been such a fun week and two weeks or, you know, however many months to get here. So this is awesome. It's great to finally be here on this day. We, we might want to mention MWR.com because, you know, that SEO works for Selection Sunday. People want to find the podcast and listen to anything and everything. So come check us out, MWR.com. We had a ton of stuff this past week, Kearney stuff, everything and anything. And apparently, Andy, as we messaged our DMs, your day two preview blew up everything, even yesterday and today. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't know how it works, but people find it, and they hopefully they stick around for your stuff, my stuff, everybody's stuff. So what we're doing today, I mean, Selection Sunday, one of the best days of the year. Got canned from us last year, <clears throat> taken away from stupid COVID and whatnot. So we're not, out of the, not out of the woods on everything going smoothly for the tournament, but we do have the Mountain West Tournament we'll talk about at the end because clearly if you're recording this Sunday morning, Selection Sunday technically at this moment is within, what, six uh what, five hours, something like that, as of recording. <laughs> so yeah, we'll I don't know. To... Daylight savings happened too, oh, so I'm geez. very confused about what time it is. <laughs> exactly. I woke up. I'm like, oh crap! It's almost time to record with Andy. Right? An hour with the bed. Like, we forgot about yeah. our planning process, and that hurts everybody. We're doing stuff for selection Sunday. We lose an hour. It's like, come on. So we're doing NCAA stuff at the beginning. We'll do the Mountain West Tourney kind of recap at the end, which went pretty well. And I'm going to crow about an almost upset I had. So we'll get to that later. But as regards to tournament. San Diego State's in because they won. Is that it? Like, we had a couple. Wait, Georgetown. We had. Oh shoot, who's the other team? Um. Oh yeah, your Oregon uh, State Beavers. How am I spacing yeah, that? That was not a. That was not a joke. That was me literally for half a second forgetting, <laughs> despite us mentioned it four minutes ago. So That's those perfect. two teams are in. How does that like impact Utah State, Colorado State? I'm guessing Boise State's out no matter what at this point. 
Yeah, I I I would think so. I mean, just to do that last part about Boise State, I think I, I it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where Boise State gets in uh, at this point. Yeah, with with those bids, I don't I don't know about bid stealers. They went out, they earned it, but uh, no. with those unexpected automatic qualifiers from power conferences that uh, changed our whole narrative. I mean, because. Because we kind of gamble on this the whole time, right? When we talk about the bracket, do all this bracketology is like, oh, a good team from a power conference is definitely going to win. So we can just assume that one of those is the automatic qualifiers. And it's like, well, you know, this is what you get. So everybody's been, you know, planning their their brackets accordingly. And now it's like, well, no, you got you to gotta throw one extra, you know, or a couple extra teams out of the at large field to fit in some of those, you know, you're not throwing Oregon or, or Colorado out of the field mm-hmm. for losing to Oregon state, but you got to put Oregon state in. So, you know, who do you throw out? I do think, you know, Boise state was already kind of, they were in a pretty dicey spot in the first place. Um, as for Colorado state and Utah state, I don't, I hope that it doesn't knock them both out. I guess it could. It, it seems like it could definitely give the committee an excuse to to knock them out if they want it, you know, if they want to keep their ratings up and get you know more power conference teams in or whatever. If they want to slide a a Michigan State and and a Syracuse in, uh, at, and then blame Oregon State and Georgetown for it. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, you know, guess, yeah, it but, happens. But it's like, you know, it's not Georgetown and Oregon State. They did the thing they were supposed to do. It's the committee's fault for, you know, continuing <laughs> to put in teams at the bottom at the expense of I don't know. So I I, I do take some umbrage with the, the idea of bid stealers. Of course, maybe so what should we rename my it? team is one of them. I don't know. It, it, we should call them automatic qualifiers like we call them from all the other t- Like we call, we call anything else. They are not a Matt qualifier. I get the sexy term of bid stealer, which is sexy as it could be in college basketball. But you're right; like it's not a bid. They they earned the bid, so it's it's more of an unexpected. But that's an unexpected bid winner. It's like that doesn't sound great either. It just sounds weird. But that's why there's tournaments for money, and if teams get and it's not like it's a bad team like Oregon State earned. They beat who did you say they beat? They beat UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, and Georgetown has won eight seed. Even though I think Georgetown won because the the furor and anger of Patrick Ewing not being recognized at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I, I think mean, that's what yeah, drove them that, to win. <laughs> hey, whatever chip you need to put on your shoulder, get it done. For for the Beavers, it was being picked 12th, you know, in the preseason. Uh, and then they come out and they make the NCAA tournament. For, for Georgetown, it's, you know, your coach and, like, a legend of – New York Knicks basketball not getting recognized at the home of New York Knicks basketball. It's just ridiculous. So I would say though, you know, yeah. no flat top and his recognizable smile is behind a mask. So and I guarantee as we mentioned our DMs, like he probably wasn't wearing his credential around his neck. And so it's like, hey, who are you? <laughs> so <laughs> but so here's another thing. So I look at the net at the moment because I know the net will be kind of quirky because Col- isn't Colgate like a top ten team at the moment? I still believe they're way up there and that's just uh, I don't know how much the net's going to go into consideration or how deep they'll take it because uh, yeah Colgate is now in, is a nine they dropped one spot sandwiched between Loyal Chicago and Ohio State there 
But Boise State, like we, we mentioned, like they're probably out, but they have a higher rating right now than Colorado State at fifty one, at fifty to fifty one. They so do, what, yeah. which is weird. And the thing about the Mountain West you mentioned before, and we mention this all the time, and I, there's a lot of national people that say it, it's not, it's not their fault. It's like you mentioned, or anybody mentioned, not just you, Andy, but like the Big Ten is going to get they're a good conference, but they may get like the eighth or ninth team in. And ACC is looking all these number of teams. Like, oh, that's why Syracuse and Jim Beheim's always complaining and crying because we played 12 Q1 wins, but we're only 4-8, and eight, but we still deserve to get in. They just don't – and they mentioned this, I don't know how many times in the CBS broadcast last night, Aztecs, Aggies, they don't get the opportunity. I'm like, we get it. <laughs> Come on, we get it, Kevin Harlan. You don't need to bring it up every five seconds where they can't play or they don't get the opportunity to play quad one wins and they're not considered good enough as, say, like Gonzaga who – can get those games. They were eight zero and all those, but they could actually get enough despite their conference having. I don't know what BYU was that they're considered a Q one team at the. They yeah they are this year. So that's three right there. But still, they had to go out and schedule five more of those, and that's hard to do. And within the Mountain West, you might have you know, San Diego State maybe two on a good year, and you'll play them what three or four times depending on the conference tournament. But they're not getting ten to twelve like all these teams do. And Boise has the one Q four loss as the Rams we know have nothing bad about they're two and four q1 they're three and five, six q2 q1 q2 overall <clears throat> so i don't know like the net's going to be like we don't like do you think i know it's their main tool but like what other tools are they going to use because if you're sitting at like if the old rpi system if you're sitting at 50 51 you're not getting in no matter what there's only what 35 um at large 30, is that right so 37 like 37 like, this year yeah because ivy so he's 30 something right. so if you're sitting there it's like 37 plus 50, it's 80 something. I know that's not how the math always works, but you're clearly on the wrong side looking in. So, why would they get in over some other random team? Like, is Missouri getting in the tournament? I don't know. Clemson, like, those are teams ahead of them. You have a Rutgers at 15 11, Maryland 15 and 13. I know the number of games is also an issue as well. Like, is UNC, I don't know, is UNC still getting in? They're usually pretty good, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was making sure those random all, teams. All those teams that you just mentioned are most likely, you know, should be getting in and will probably be around the seven, eight, nine seed spot. Um, you know, and then, which is funny because, like, you know, they're right in the same territory as, you know, Mountain West teams. And those teams were feeling pretty confident, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they're in totally. They're, they're, they're in. They're seven, eight, or nine, you know, no worries. UNC, so, 32 in the net. States, like, you know, sweating. Yeah. Come on, give it to us. UNC, 3 9 in Q1, 32. Utah State, decent 2 and 5, not great 2 and 5, but 37. Like, that's what I'm getting. Oklahoma State has 16 Q1 wins. Like, Georgia Tech, was, well, they're probably getting them, but they got the auto bid over Florida State. So they're in. So it's I don't know it's it's weird to say it's like I hate to look at the Q one games like Wisconsin five and ten like it's hard to quantify and it's not hard to quantify but it's easy to say well you don't play enough games well you don't get the chance to play enough games the teams won't play to get enough games we're not going to play pull a Texas Southern who needs money for road games every year and plays eighteen non conference games and gets they probably play the most Q one I guarantee like that one year or Texas Southern, some HBCU who desperately needs the money, play more Q1 games in, like, ACC or Big Ten schools just because of who they play in the road and stuff. Like yeah, Denver I mean, I just, a, I just went down well, to, to take a look here. I mean, and this is a season that was not normal. Yeah. Um, you know, and even even still, Texas Southern, Texas Southern still managed to get four Q1 games in. Uh, Oral Roberts has five, which is interesting. Um, they're not, San I mean. San Jose State, seven. Air Force 7, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know. 
So who's getting yeah. in? Like, I, like, we don't need to go to right. but like, who's getting into the Mountain West? Besides San Diego State. I think that, okay, so obviously San Diego State. Um, I think if I had to put them, you know, rank them in terms of the probability of getting in, I'd say Utah State probably has the second best chance at this point. Um, and then Cal- Colorado State, then Boise State. Um, Utah State, they have those two wins over San Diego State. Huge. And that's, Ta- yeah, and and I think that you know could be a difference maker. They've also got two wins now over Colorado State, uh, so I think that I think if the committee is is trying to decide, hey, which one are we going to take, and we're only going to take one, you know, I think they're going to look and they're going to say, hey, they played three games and Utah State won two. So yeah, to be in three games. I, I, I hope they don't you know bring it down to a complete where they're saying you know we're going to decide between you because you're Mountain West teams. If those are, you know, if that's just how the seed lines play out and they're just choosing between those teams, fine. But if they're mm-hmm. saying like, oh, well, we've got one spot we're willing to give to a Mountain West team, it's like, well, no, come on. You know, that's not fair. Uh, but if it's, you know, just on the merits that, yeah, these are, you know, maybe the 67th and 68th or, you know, or the 37th and 38th at large teams. Um and they're deciding, you know, between to pick one that way, then okay, fine. You know, and Colorado State ends up as the number one, you know, seed in the NIT, then hey, that Hey, they could be a team that goes in because they could be a replacement team possibly. Well yeah, so that's a good thing to, to think about too. Um, you know, is that yeah, there there are gonna be those designated replacement teams. And I do think that even if Colorado State and Utah State don't make the the main field. I think both of them would probably be in that top four, you know, first four out section. So, you know, even, there's still going to be some sort of contingency here, you know, where where you might get even more Mountain West teams in. I think that's my prediction anyway. I hope I I think that I think the Boise State unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Is, is on the wrong side. And I think part of it's just going to be, look, you guys had chances at the end. All you needed to do was not lose to Fresno State. And you Did probably would have been fought. How many t- I don't have in front of me, unfortunately. Did they lose to Nevada how many times besides the one? Did they lose again? Like, did they get swept by Nevada all three times? Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. Okay, no, I just think it like it's... No, seemed... I can, though. I mean, I have the Boise State's team sheet. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, they, they lost to Nevada three times this year. There you year. go. You're done. I, Toast. I, I wanted to say, yes, you were right, but uh, I had to had to see it. Yeah. You know, and, and all three of them were away from Boise, but hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's... Yeah, you gotta win. You gotta win one of those games. So, <laughs> so looking yeah. at it really quick, I'm looking at Lenardi really quick because he's like bracket matrix is down to 100 brackets. I'll start with him really quick. They have Utah State in 75 of 100 at 11 at 11 seed. Looks like a playing game right behind freaking Syracuse, just because I hate Jim Beheim. And then they have like Boise and CSU clearly in a couple brackets. CSU's in 30, but it's like come on. And most of these are updated as the 14. There's oh, a good shoot. chunk. I think they removed because they're not updated yet. But like, oh, if you look man. at sorry, one second, I just realized while we were on the <laughs> while we were recording live, I put the wrong date on the bracket I updated, so my bracket isn't in the matrix right now. Oh. I, actually, I said it was Sunday, March twelfth. Okay, sorry, <laughs> that happens. Um, no, that happens. It's happier for everybody. Okay, so hey, uh, 
So they're clearly <laughs> outside. If you look at Lenardi, because he has a nice little bracket set up, like his interactive page is nice. So he has Utah State as the final eleven, final team in playing Louisville. He has CSU, the second team out, and Boise State, basically the eighth team out, and Memphis, whatever, Western Kentucky, St. Louis. Uh, they have Duke here, which we'll get to in a second, because I saw some new updates between Duke, UVA, and Kansas, which could impact the Mountain West, because we... Top four, Duke's AD is like, oh, we're out, but not necessarily. They still might kind of get in there and play, and that could impact. Because if you recall, people, if you don't remember or don't know, and even really quick, I'm looking at Lenardi's thing. He has Virginia in there. He has Kansas in there. He has Duke as, like, considered, but not in the field. So those three teams, because you need seven straight days of negative tests from who's traveling. So that's tier one. So coach, assistants, obviously players, and any support staff, like trainer, medical staff. And so that Duke's like, oh, right, well, not, we, I was looking around because I said, you said this morning, there's a basically a lockdown in Duke campus, which isn't good. And that's why we also want to see if CSU, Utah State or CSU gets that number one seed because they can get the call up. Is it only the top four that get called up? Is that the only teams that can move in? Is that how I, it works? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. That, that's my understanding. And so this came from ESPN earlier. So basically saying Duke, Virginia, Kansas are okay to play in the tournament after COVID issues because – the week the games are on Friday, and so you need seven straight days of negative test of who's traveling. So if somebody's obviously positive within that time, they have to stay behind until they get that, then can travel if the team advances. And that deadline is pretty tight Thursday, Friday. But it looks like those three teams are eligible. Because I guess you mentioned four Duke eighty may have just fibbing and saying it, but they're gonna go if they're taken. Which Duke is the only team that's really a consideration. The other teams are in the field. So if, right. if Kansas and Virginia, some reason to say we're done because too many tests, positive tests, that would clearly help the Mountain West and probably get at least a second team in there for sure, maybe even a third because those are reasons. Reason, it doesn't matter the seed they're they were going to be in, and so let me just read from this and we kind of move on here. So all these schools communicated with NCAA leading up to the 9 p.m. Mountain 11 Eastern deadline to withdraw consideration from the tournament, but no teams indicated they would be able to. But no teams indicated they wouldn't be able to meet the requirement medical testing protocols, which is a sly way to say we'll have enough guys. We don't want to tell you how many, but we're good because the Duke guy was a walk on. So who knows? Where? Because that's an issue too. Like he's on campus, he with the team. Walk ons are unfortunately treated a little bit different from scholarship players of what you can and cannot have within the program. So that could be an issue with the Duke lockdown at the campus, and so they could be taken. So that's the thing. So you already mentioned like you don't think Duke's in, but again. NCAA tournament's brand names and Duke's a brand name, and even though they're, according to Lisa Lenardi, the seventh team out, they're that's close. But I don't really think that's really that close. If you're the seventeenth out, you're toast. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting in. So yeah, that's just something to consider I, I just because it's a brand name. I don't know why. Like I, I can't imagine nobody would be happy with it. I don't think any like nobody wants Duke in this tournament. <laughs> tournament i think right i mean at this point is anybody really stumping to say like duke belongs in the tournament i think at this point we're all just kind of fighting this it's a foregone conclusion that duke always goes to the tournament so we're just yeah. sort of thinking streak, but, the streak but i, I don't in. yeah there's a streak but i i don't you know i don't think that like they really deserve to be in and we're not having the same conversation about you know a mississippi state or something like that that has like a pretty similar resume i guess i don't know i'm not looking at them but they're just a team kind of in that not not first on my list of like teams that are right outside the field you know the sort of the second tier and uh, i don't know it's just 
Whatever. There's just like a but I, I never care about the seventh team out any other year. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna spend any extra time caring about Duke this year. But I mean it is Duke, so I get yeah. I get why people are talking about it. I get why it's you know breaking news on the on the ESPN ticker and stuff, but like uh, I don't know. I, I, I think we can I think a lot of people are gonna talk about it for the rest of the day. Um they, the only reason they should, like, the only reason you should mention, the reason why I want to bring it up because... I, I, it, it is, it is relevant. Yeah, they're in succession in the net. They have the same amount of Q1 wins as Boise and CSU. And the stretch will be brought up. But as for the merit on the courts, they are where they should be. They're close, but not close enough. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and, so. and you know, it, it, it happens. North Carolina had one of these years. I don't know. It seems, I, I'm sure they had at least one but i remember specifically after dean smith left there was to you know, the or something of, right yeah they had matt doherty and they or had matt doherty, bill, yeah. uh, bill Kelly. no bill that's a different thing right but it's um anyway struggles <laughs> you know afterwards before they got and you know they they missed their tournament and sometimes teams just have off years and you got to leave them out we can't you know i i just really hope that nobody bends over backwards to try to put duke in this field for some reason because again mm. it's It'd be one thing if you bent something for a Virginia. Yeah, right. For a Virginia, for a Kansas. Kansas, And I don't mean bent in the way of like medically unsafe or unethical. Yeah. Like that, obviously. But if you were, you know, I don't don't know. I don't know what I mean, I guess. Basically, I just don't think Duke deserves to be in the tournament. I Mm -hmm. guess I'm glad that they are healthy enough to be selected. I would still Mm -hmm. love to not see them selected (laughs) because I I don't think they deserve to be in. Not because I hate them, not because I think that they're, you know, that they really do have a, you know, a a positive that's going to cause an undue risk. I don't think any of that necessarily. I think it's because they're the seventh team out. Yeah, <laughs> they they're, yeah, they're they're going to be discussed as close, but yeah, right, like not close enough. It's like right. it's fine where they're at. Like if they like had they lost to when they played the game, was it Louisville? They won. That'd probably be it. But it's that's fine. They'll lose. They'll knock it again. The Mountain West. I need to get my prediction. I think it's going to be just Utah State and San Diego State. And I'm betting Utah State will play in like the opening round games, which are Thursday. And that's kind of what I think. CSU's not getting in, despite I don't like. I know the net's not everything, but it's uh, it's also hard to watch a million college basketball games on the committee when there's 300-plus teams. It's not the football. Or, sorry, I meant Boise State CSU. They're right next to each other. I just, whatever, the net's fine, but CSU just looks better to me when they play. There's nothing bad on their schedule. And that Fresno loss to Boise and the three Nevada losses, it's no. And also, one thing, I want to ask you one quick question here. I know we can probably bring up an attorney preview for the NCAs. Is there going to be a team that has to forfeit once they're in Indianapolis or Indiana? And it's not going to be, like, say, a replacement team coming up from the net from the NIT. Like, say, a, a t- team A wins their first round game. Some they test positive. They got to go. Is it? Do you think there could be a team that gets a free pass this week sixteen? I mean, it's certainly possible. I hope not, because I mean, the the committee definitely. I mean, did, what what's the timeline on it? It's after Wednesday. 
Wednesday, is that right? 48 hours after selection. For the like call-up no teams? Mo- no more replacements. You know, um, that, let me see if there's a something like that. I think like that's that, what they yeah. said. I think it's, you know, we will take replacements 48 hours after, you know, the field is selected. But after that, the field is set. And if anybody's out, then they're just out. And it's, you know... The, the team that they would have faced moves on. So, yeah, I guess we so could. Tuesday. I really hope not. Oh, yeah, here it is right here, sir. I have exactly right here, sir. I was looking Perfect. for it. Any team that's selected and then notifies NCAA before 6 Eastern p.m. Tuesday that it can't meet the medical testing protocol will be replaced with another team from the committee um, predetermined list of first four out. So it's going to be, I believe it's first four out, and then if it goes beyond that, there was some weird confusion about multi-bid leagues or something. So, so yeah, so so this but is Tuesday the, the part that I do remember. So, so for the one-bid leagues, if there's a you know a, a whack or something, well, the whack or hey, I mean, if Utah State doesn't Ooh, get in, yikes. we're talking about them being at the stop uh, it at the first four. <laughs> no, no, not stop it because we got to talk about this contingency. So I know if, if if San Diego State is the only Mountain West team in, then all of a sudden this comes into play where uh, if it would the replacement team, you know, San Diego State would have a replacement team uh, if they couldn't go. It would have to be they would be replaced by a Mountain West team, and their seed stays the same, right? Yes not by a regular at large team. So that's why I you know I want to bring that up is because mm-hmm. if if the worst happens, I really hope this doesn't. I think definitely this deserves not. more I think the Mountain West deserves two bids at least. 2 to 3. I will I will forego saying that we should have a fourth bid at this point. But uh if if it's only a one bid Mountain West in the initial selection of the tournament and San Diego State is unable to meet the medical requirements then yeah they would be replaced by whoever the mountain west designates as the replacement team i imagine that would be utah state as the two seed as the runner-up in the you know for for all the reasons i'm pretty sure it would be utah state i don't i haven't actually seen that designation though um officially anywhere but but i think it's by the committee because they mentioned here a predetermined list but I guess you're right if it's a one-bid league. That's for the at-large thing. There's a, there's a whole, like, each conference is doing it differently. Okay. Some of them is saying it's their regular season champion if the the person can't get in. And if not, then it's the, the tournament runner-up. You know, there's, like, a whole list in each okay. conference. Is, so each conference gets to determine who their backup is in the in the instance that they are a one-bid league. Now, it doesn't apply to the power conferences, so the only teams, and, and really, I think the A10 and the the West Coast, and the only conferences I think where this might come up is going to be the Mountain West, and probably the Missouri Valley, where you're looking at, you know, I th- I think Drake should be in, but if Drake were also to be left out along with, you know, let's say Utah State, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you'd be looking at Drake and Utah State probably both being on that approved list to replace any at large any at large but also being the backup in the event that Hmm. the one bit right so if loyola or san diego state went out those teams would shoot right into their spots and it wouldn't be you know 
even if let's say Syracuse was technically the first team out, if San Diego State went out, Syracuse would not replace San Diego State. Utah State would. That's because that's my because, understanding. Yeah, because and because one bid later. yeah, one bid. Let's make it clear. So, so if you're Utah State or even CSU, it'd be beneficial. Well, not beneficial, but if the worst happened, one bid league Mountain West, if they're on the top first four out, number one seat NIT, they'd have almost two chances to get it if the unforeseen happens. Right, and even if, and and so you know. Even if you end up with, I wonder, you could end up maybe with a scenario where, get, you know, get weird, come on. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, you know, if you have multiple teams, unfortunately, you know, I really hope none of this comes out, but, uh, exactly. you know, that everyone's just healthy and that three Mountain West teams get in on the merits. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm wondering, you know, if you had Utah State as, say, the first team out and they were to replace, uh, a power conference team, a Big Ten team, or something. Oh, like a Big Ten team, yeah. Already, and then subsequently, Ooh, San Diego State, San Diego State oh, then man. would Colorado State. You know, let's say Colorado State's not in that first four out. Would Colorado State be the next team? Would they replace San Diego State? Because Utah the State's web. already in the field now. Would they move Utah State to San Diego State spot and put? You, you know, know what happens? It's whoever calls first. That's all. Right? Because and, I'm well, guessing. That's what I'm like, are we going to get to that situation where we're literally looking at like the timestamps on these DMs? Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> they, they told me that they weren't going to be able to make it at six eighteen, and this is six twenty. So you know. I, I hope, like I said, I hope we don't get into any of those crazy situations. We had enough of, <laughs> we've had enough craziness over no the kidding. last year. I just want Selection Sunday to go. I, I want everything to, to go smoothly from here on out. I don't know that it will, obviously. It's a weird year. This this I'm, last week put some doubts in my mind, you know, as all the weird stuff started happening and teams, you know, dropped out of the conference tournaments and whatnot. But I'm hoping that was just out of an abundance of caution and that we'll, everyone can take a beat and everyone will just be healthy as we go into the tournament. Well, I guess a good thing about that with those three teams, Duke, Kansas, Virginia, that had to withdraw, no other team had to withdraw except for them. So the, it was only because, you know, it spreads like the next day or whatever, it's still going to be around. So those three schools left tournaments as they should have no other school had to withdraw because of like the team before or i guess they're already gone like i guess the good thing about the tournament setting is the team you beat before is already gone so like who knows there could have been infection on the back end of who duke played their kansas the day before you know what i mean like those teams are already gone as well so they're not hanging around they left and but going forward you're not you're practicing on your own so that's kind of a good thing about this like so anybody you're in contact with is already gone and so that's probably why a good reason why whoever these opponents, Duke, Kansas, Virginia, were going to play, didn't have issues because they didn't come in contact them. The team before they did was already gone because they lost. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, it's going to be weird. I hope nothing happens, but I am skeptical because we saw the Mountain West to make up games that final week or reschedule games, not make up games. Nevada, San Jose State couldn't play. Games like that got canceled. weren't playing this tournament here. I. I would be more surprised that nothing happens than something happens. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. We'll see how I it think goes. this whole this whole year has made cynics out of all of us <laughs> and, and and not unjustifiably so. I mean, stuff happens it seems like all the time and cancellations are always going on and teams are always going on pause it feels like, you know, not a million teams, not 95% of teams, you know, maybe only one or two teams, but mm-hmm. it's enough to make it not 
not smooth. All right, let, let's move on. I, I say one team's in. Yeah. You say, what's your official? You say two or one? I think my official is two teams in. I think I think. No, sorry, I go with two. Apologies, two. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we I think we agree, and I think it's going to be San Diego State in probably around the six or seven line. I hope six. Yeah. Um, and I think you're going to see Utah State in one of those first four matchups. But with all of these um, unexpected bid entrants, or you know, not not bid stealers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we are seeing those play-in games get pushed up. Uh, mm-hmm. So before those were definitely looking like they were going to be twelve seed games those those first tours, but now the way that it's going, you have Georgetown and Oregon State likely slotting in at the twelve seed or lower, maybe thirteen. Mm-hmm. I said uh, I said Georgetown is an eight seed playing UConn. I'm like, what the heck is that about? It's changed since then, but I saw somebody have them as like a nine eight versus UConn. I'm like, is that just because old Big E? Okay, of- well Georgetown's in the same conference as UConn. So I know whoever's, whoever's doing that. Oh, duh, good point. I'm like, wait a minute, UConn moved back into the Big E, so maybe there's yeah, just some little hiccup so, of forgetfulness because yeah. this is UConn's first year back. Yeah, that that's strange to me. George Georgetown should not. Georgetown was like the eight seed in their own. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I saw so, that. I'm like, wait a minute. So, yeah, okay. But you're right. 11 seed, like, it could be Utah State, Louisville, Drake, Syracuse, uh, maybe Wichita State, Ole Miss. So, you're oh, right. So, they're getting so pushed up, which is good. That is good. Yeah. So, I mean, if we want to, if we want to say that those bid stealers are, are taking bids away, they're actually also kind of helping it in case, you know, one of the Mountain West teams does end up in that first four. Uh, slot or two you could all you could definitely see both utah state and colorado state put into the first four as like oh we didn't really want to put you fully in the field but mm-hmm. hey win win your way in we'll, we'll let you have that <laughs> i think i don't know I, I don't know if they've ever really done that with two two mid-major caught con- like t- two mid-majors from the same conference in the first four i don't know that i've seen that before well, they couldn't play but- each other obviously no, they wouldn't play each other, but you know, have like Miss Ole Miss versus Utah State and Syracuse Colorado State or something like that. It's like, yeah, okay, that that would be awesome to me. I would love, you know, a setup like that where you have a, a high major versus a mid major in those. But we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, you know, they could have all put this to bed if they would have just won the Mountain West tournament, mm, but they yeah. didn't because we have yeah. go down in the Mountain West tournament. San Diego State. Yeah. Won the tournament finally. It was awesome. I mean, hey, right? Yeah, they really they finally after in the third time meeting up with you. It's just wild. Um, I I was really impressed with with San Diego State. Uh, I, I guess I was a little worried <laughs> when when Wyoming gave them some trouble. Hey, hey, I, dude, I hey. Started to think, but hey, Wyoming apparently is just uh, the future. Yeah, well, the, and the Mountain West tournament is just their their place to shine now. <laughs> They've looked better in the Mountain West tournament than they have in the regular season, two years running now. So it's, uh, it's pretty funny. I, I I do think that yeah, what that that might be my biggest takeaway, honestly, from the Mountain West tournament is not that that's right. That what? Wait, wait, not that it's right. The one we almost won. That's not your biggest takeaway. <laughs> well, I mean, kidding. <laughs> Well, I'm saying that Wyoming be yeah, you being right that yes, that, got it. Wyoming, yes, that you are always right is my biggest takeaway. No, me. I'm kidding. No. People laughed at me. I'm like, just watch. Well, but I, uh, I, will, I will give you this. 
I, I think it's t- it's good enough time to do this, you know, when, when else. But you you did say at the start of the season that Utah St- – I mean, I, I don't think either of us ended up picking San Diego State to win the conference. I think you said Utah State. And I, I said did. Boise I State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, you ended up with the team that – you know, your your pick did better than mine. So <laughs> yes, I'll give that's you all matters. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you all those whatever you need <laughs> for your that's ego enough. right here. <laughs> Like the, I, I, I bought in to the hype on Boise State, um, and they, they fell flat at the end. I again. don't know if it was that they just played too many easy games at the start and 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 then had way too many stacked like too many tough games stacked up against each other and they just Maybe lost composure. I don't know I don't know what happened. Something something happened down the stretch though, and now you know they lose to Nevada in that first game, and yeah, I, I think you can't rightfully really. There's not enough on Boise State's resume to really put them in. They've got an away win against BYU, and they've got an away win against Colorado State. And that's about it, right? <laughs> well, and they and they swept Utah State at home, but oh, you know, no, that's right. But they also got swept, you know, in three games against back. Nevada. So that's not good. Yeah, we could be wrong. It's okay. But that game, like watching the Wyoming game, I'm like, I'm going through, I'm like, oh, it's close. It's during the day. I'm like, pop it on. Freaking try to miss the free throw. He doesn't miss it. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, come on. <laughs> At the very end of the game. And I, at my point for them to maybe win, like Marcus Lim goes off. He doesn't go off, and they still nearly beat San Diego State. The, this game, like, they made all the free throws. Like, both teams, not like, there's one game, like, a billion free throws. Like, they make all the free throws. They both shot pretty well from the field. San Diego State clearly a bit better. You had guys like your best players, like Matt Mitchell, only scored eight points, and so that's a good part of a good team where your best player doesn't play very well. He had just a five rebounds and a steal, a couple turnovers, poor game. They still win the game, which is big for a team. If you're a good team, if you have your best your best player, player of the year by most most people, doesn't do well, and you still win. That's a good sign. He only had four shots in the game. Like he was just and not getting just chances. Me, which game are you talking? About? Are you Aztecs Wyoming? Wyoming? Yeah, Aztecs Wyoming, Wyoming real okay. quick. Just, I just wanted to make sure you know we were, we were on that. I just wanted to bring that up again, just not not to say oh whatever close game, no, but this is a game where it's right. a scary but, game. Like that's a good thing for good teams. Well, and that does bring up something about Matt Mitchell, I think specifically, and this and this Aztecs team is that you know there's all this like Matt Mitchell's Player of the Year, right? So where where are my 25 point games where Matt Mitchell's or like you know Matt Mitchell has a triple double? Matt, that's not mm-hmm. the kind of Player of the Year Matt Mitchell is. It, you know, I there was something on Twitter earlier where someone says, you know, I don't know how you can, uh, how you can saw that. watch Utah State and San Diego State all year long and and not think that Namiyash Kate is the player of the year. And it's like, I get that. Um, I, I don't want to go too deep into like, yeah. hey, that was a staff vote, you know, whatever it was. But Namiyash Kate is the best individual um, player. He's going to have the best stats. He he's. He had the thing but, in the tournament. The they mentioned the double does, doubles that tied him and Kawhi. Into yeah. Sorry, you were breaking up there. I couldn't hear you. So he had the, like during the game, the title game. They mentioned they tied Andrew Bogut and Kawhi Leonard for like most double doubles and consecutively. It's like maybe I made a mistake for voting for Matt Mitchell when I know Kate is good and I've been hyping him all year. So I don't know why I didn't vote for him. Um, but he, you're right. He like he stepped up the past month of the season. He he really did. Um, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying that he's not the best player in the league. I'm not saying he doesn't have the best pro potential in the mm-hmm. league. Um, you know, I I think that 
Again, I didn't vote for Nimish Keda. I didn't vote for Matt Mitchell either in That's our right. staff vote. I went with David Roddy because, you know, I explained it a little bit. But my, my vote is when I look at player of the year, I think of, you know, who was the most impressive player. Um, and, and for me personally, that involves looking at my expectations. I expected Nimish Keda to be, uh, man, about this good, right? This was like, okay, you're a junior now. You know, not injured. I, also, I, I saw exactly. I saw how good you were as a freshman. There's not the same injury thing going on as there was last year. So I am expecting like huge things. And and the fact that he delivered, maybe that's not fair. That I'm like punishing him because I expected him to be so good. And that's some you know soul surging. I'll have to go do. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess. Part of it, too, was that Namish Kato was always going to be the number one, like, main guy on the team. Whereas David Roddy, I was, I thought that it was going to be much more of, like, he and Isaiah Stevens are sort of the co-leaders. And it's very clear that they're, you know, 1A and 1B rather than a kind of a 1-2 punch. Uh, And so, I don't know. But Matt Mitchell, on the other hand, he's just like the heart and soul of the best team. And without him, I, some, you know, they said that they were a tougher, you know, Utah state, that it was tougher to beat San Diego state when they didn't have Mitchell than it was when they had Hmm. him. And it's like, I guess the game might've been closer. I don't know, but I don't think that, I think that when you put Matt Mitchell out there with San Diego State, you have you've got that coach on the floor, right? And so I I don't know. I think there's just something unspoken, intangible about Matt Mitchell. You're not gonna be able to go into his box scores and point at it, you know. But you're gonna be like, that's the guy, because you might look at the box scores and say Jordan Shackles the best Aztec, right? Yeah, like in the title game, Mitchell just his box is, his shooting wasn't great. Four of eleven, missed all three threes, had fourteen points, couple rebounds, which he does, still a couple steals, a block. He does like he's pretty good defensively as well, so that's part of it too. It is, but you're right, like, he he's not going to go passes, off. But mm-hmm. you know, he might not. It might not always be assists either. But he yeah. he he facilitates the offense. He helps them with that. But yeah, but also on defense and. And it doesn't always have to be blocks and steals. It's yeah. playing good defense and making sure your guy misses his shot. That doesn't show up in the box score always. Yeah, so, yeah or give him the ball. Right. And just make so big plays. This title game, let's get this really quick so we'll wrap it up right. because yeah. everything went to chalk essentially. Um, also, I did, one note I'll make Utah State. I think, uh, who was it, Josh, our buddy did the recap of that game, Aggies, uh, Rams. He just ate, what do you say, nine minutes, didn't score a bucket at the end of the game and still won? Like a field goal? That's wild. They, and then in the title game, they were held, what, 50, I think 15 points below the average. This might have been the best game Aztecs played all year because they were, the game of watches, like, is always, they're up by four, they're up by six. Speaking of Aztecs, that 6-0 run to start the second half, or they're up 10, I'm like, this game is over. There's Utah State's not going to come back. They're getting shut down defensively. Kata did have 18, 18 and 6 and 3 blocks, but also had too many turnovers, 16 freaking turnovers a game. The defense, Aztecs just swarmed them, and they couldn't do anything. Utah State had a lot of different guys score points. Like, Gomez, or sorry, I'm not wrong team, sorry, wrong one. A bunch of guys scored double digits, like Bean scored 12 points. A lot of guys had 4 to 8 points, but it wasn't enough. But that defense, like, Worcester was only 4 13. Like, what are you doing? Missing all his three-pointers? They were 3 of 13. It, it, this was a game where it just... 
you could tell Aztec's defense is what, like when you had um, Steve Fisher, where they were swarming everybody. Aztecs were blocking shots, were forcing steals, forcing turnovers. They had more blocks than Utah State, which is kind of rare with Kata, who had three of their four. The, they had 10, Andy, 10 steals. Protect the ball, Aggies. What are you doing? They just couldn't get yeah. enough shots off. They shot, had few, way fewer shots. The weird, one of the weirdest stats of the game, besides the steal discrepancy, Neither team shot the three ball great. It was like playing brick every time. Two of 15 or three of 13. The game was nobody can make an outside shot to save their life. Like Brock Miller was just one for five. He had only, he's a guy who, we've talked about him quite a bit, where he needs. he's not always a hit or miss. Or he is hit or miss. He may have three points for 15. His average is like 10, but it's not like a consistent 10 point right. per game average. He's not yeah, a consistent yeah. guy. Boom or bust. But I give all the credit for this game, Aztecs. And just smothered everything, and again, the, like I said, that second half start that was over. They're up was I think thirty four twenty four. At that point, I'm like, there's no way Utah State's coming back. They'll get within six. They'll get within four. I don't recall the play by play score, but they just never got within even a chance to tie the game. I don't think in that second half. And Katie can only do so much. Like, what else do you want him to do? He made all his free throws. He was seven of eleven from the field, but maybe a few more rebounds. That would be nice. He had six. There's turnover, just the turnovers in defense. I want to go back to that for a second. The rebounds thing that was that's huge because I didn't quite you know I I didn't realize this until I think it was in the semifinal game against uh, Colorado State that it came up, but you know they had mentioned that Utah State has won the rebounding battle in every game this year. They they won this one too. They did still win this one, but it's wild. uh, If you look at the individual matchup between Nathan Mensa and Namish Keda. Mensa had yeah, took care of business. To Kata's, to, he did. He took care of business and he kept he kept Namish Keda from dominating that that area. And you know, you had Justin Bean jumping all over the place and grabbing rebounds. Yeah, um, like he yeah. always does. You know, he got six and three offensive. You know, a lot of offensive boards from Utah State. They're they do that. They're one of the top teams. It's like them in North Carolina are like the top the offensive rebounding teams in the country. Um, and, you know, and, and that's that's great, but they didn't dominate on the boards. And San Diego State, they, they showed up on the boards and they, they didn't win the, the rebounding battle, but they didn't lose it all that much either, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. they had fewer rebounds, so yeah, they did lose it. <laughs> but Three fewer <laughs> and only... crushed on the boards. They held yeah. their own with Utah State on the boards. Basically, you even, do yeah. that, ooh, that's good. Yeah, it's offensive rebounds is twelve to eleven for Utah State. So second, both teams had second chance points. It's, it was just the steals and keeping it close. So we'll see what goes forward. Yeah, just the steals and turnovers. That's huge. So if you cut that in half, Utah State might even the, even if it's in half, they might win the game. Like if it's eight turnovers and say five steals, they against they. I don't know if they'll win, but Kata couldn't get the ball enough. Like they couldn't feed him enough, and he. Ne- he only had four free throws, and your big guy down low, you should be getting more free throws if you can. But Mensa plays such good defense, and Aztecs were not allowing him to get it every time. And then when you have Bean or Brock Miller, I guess Bean did fine, but like when Brock Miller's not showing up, when anything goes one for six, missed both three pointers, it was a, it was a pretty good game. But I could tell like there was no point in me in that second half. Like I could have honestly, once it was up ten, turned it off, and no Aztecs were win by at least eight points, and they won by what eleven. There was no. What I what I saw in the first half and the early second half, um, I did watch the whole thing. Just saying, I could have and I wouldn't have been surprised by the ending. So yeah, Aztecs I win. Mean, 
it's, yeah, there wasn't a lot of excitement, I guess, or like I wasn't on the edge of my seat during this game. It was, you know, I was watching it. It was a good game. First half, I was but enjoying yeah. it, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, you back know, and this forth. Yeah. Th- it's coming down to the wire. It's like, okay, well, it's, the game's almost over, and Utah State doesn't really still seem down like seven. They're doing the thing <laughs> yet. <laughs> you know, you're running out of time if you guys are going to make this last push, and they just never quite did. They never did. So we'll wrap it up here. We'll be back next time to once the brackets out. So I don't know when, depending when there's first four teams, but we'll probably do our typical Tuesday podcast. That makes the most sense, I'm thinking. So yeah. check us out, new folks, MWR.com. Check out Andy Sofer over at Heat Check. Are you doing some bracket stuff, I'm assuming, or are you kind of doing some stuff over oh, there? I'm doing guessing. all sorts of stuff. So we're going to be doing some bracket, you know, uh, March Madness predictions. We're going to be, you know, breaking down all of the all of the different regions. We're going to be looking at some of the players. So I've been uh, doing the Gold Star Guide uh, looking at you know top individual players out there. Actually, while we're here, I should probably note this. Um, we can go into it maybe a little more on Tuesday, but since we've been talking about Namiya Shkeda and talking about whether or not he's the MVP, I should note in this metric of like, you know, I think we've talked about it a little bit. It basically it's like ho- hockey, like the NHL. Mm. They do the three stars at the end of a game, right? You know, it's like the top three players from the game. They can be from the winners or the losers. Um, over the course of the entire season, I just did the final calculations going into Ooh. today. Uh, <laughs> Namiyash Kate is number one. I don't Heck know yeah, how this yes. happened, but it's like, <laughs> it, it makes some sense, but it's like he he overtook uh, Evan Mobley and Luca Garza and Charles Bassey. Uh, it's just very funny. You know, I, I hit calculate and I was not expecting to see him. Uh, he did not get, you know, the gold star for the championship game. Ken Palm says he was the MVP. I ended hmm. up giving the MV, you know, the gold star in that game to Matt Mitchell again because it, he might not have had the most amazing box score, but he was making plays throughout the game, and he was he was the the driving force of the team that won the game. So anyway, uh, I just thought that was an interesting thing where again the individual accolade might be deserving to go to Namiyash Keda, but the best team definitely San Diego State, uh, and. Yeah, I guess I'll just end it and say I hope we get a multi-bid Mountain West. Heck yeah! So we'll know we'll have our own bracket up to you guys can join by the time this is up. That'll be posted. So go join the bracket and beat up on me and Andy and everybody else because it's just guessing game throwing darts sometimes. It seems like for the oh, journey. Yeah. So we'll be back. So yeah, hopefully multi-bid league. We'll have some stuff throughout the day, some quick hit analysis. But we're gonna give it time to breathe. That's why we didn't do a show tonight. Let's we don't want to have a stupid off the cuff. Let's give some research and look at it so we can. Look at these opponents more closely and say, "Oh, San Diego State's playing whomever as a six seed. They're playing eleven seed team from the Big Ten, who I don't know about. We'll sound like a bunch of dummies. So we don't want that to happen. So we'll be back in a couple of days. So just check out MWCR on Twitter, Facebook, all that great stuff, and we'll be back to talk some hoops in a couple of days.